Hello. 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 Hi. And welcome back to Omelette and Squeak, uh, episode something, uh, uh, season 586. 69. Season of our lives. <laughs> it's the sign of the times. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Oh, wait, eight. Isn't it eight? Maybe. Oh, who Maybe. knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, eight, eight. It matters not. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. Thank you to everybody who has been listening. If this is your first episode, welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your eighth episode... Also welcome. I mean, no, you've been here a while. (laughs) And (laughs) if this is your last episode... (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let the door hit you on the way out. (laughs) It was my my dad's rule was with friends. If you've been to our house more than like four or five times, then you're no longer a guest. You're expected to know where to get water from. You're expected to be able to open up the fridge and get yourself a fucking drink. And that's the <laughs> that's the rule, which makes Tamara so actively uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. <laughs> I have now known your parents for years. I have spent months at your parents' house. And yet still, I'm always like, is it is it okay? Could I possibly? Is it is it okay if I just you know? Um, oh oh, can I just? Is this is is the tap water free? Can I can I drink the tap water? <laughs> it's my dad being like, no no, you can't. Yeah. You asked, you can't. <laughs> and it's exactly my attitude whenever you're at my flat because you're here so often. Yeah yeah. You're like Lily, is it okay if I? And I'm like, no, it's not. How dare you even ask such a thing? It's ingrained in me though. I can't stop. <laughs> And it makes it sound like I'm really well-mannered and well-behaved and like a really polite person, which I'm fucking not. <laughs> but for some reason, when it comes to guest host interactions, I am very, very wrapped up in the rules of engagement. Rules are rules, Tamara. Oh, yeah, they are. Oh. <laughs> Last week was the first week that we decided to use the box, with capital letters. The box. We need to get some forward. Do 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 the box. <laughs> the box. Because uh, now it's all like you know nineties, nineties, nineteen fifties sitcom references in my mind because you made me watch the first episode of Wonder Vision, which was great. And now it's all nineteen fifties references. And I have no nineteen fifties references at all. So. <laughs> I have, no, I have nothing. I have nothing. I have no 90s references. I'm... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of 90s references. I, I always like... find it really weird. So, Tam's a little bit older than me. Just just a smidge. Smidge. We're still turning 31 together. Yeah, She's a are. little bit older than me. And <laughs> what I find really weird... So, I was born in 93. And what I find really weird about people who were born like similar time period to me is calling themselves 90s kids. 90s kids like we didn't grow up in the like, 90s bitch, you don't remember we grew the up 90s. in the early <laughs> 2000s like i have zero like if you think about when you start to actually remember things mm-hmm. it's what like for me i'm like seven eight i have no <laughs> idea <laughs> it's all blur time before that it's like uh it's like three four, or four three or four, four yeah. yeah and okay so born in 93 that means it's 97 at earliest earliest yeah. that you actually start to remember things that happened yeah. to you and even then it's not like you're watching anything beyond like proper kids programs yeah. like rugrats and stuff like that yeah and then so it's not like you were there for 90s hip-hop or no, i know right <laughs> and they're all like oh no but i'm such a 90s kid i'm like bitch no you're not i'm early a fucking 2000s. 90s kid yeah. early 2000s kid. <laughs> 
Uh, I was going to make, I'm going to cut this out, but I was going to make a reference to like, that's like calling me an 80s kid. But like, you guys aren't allowed to know how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do, I just find it really strange because I think, and it's something I'm becoming more aware of as being on TikTok. It's the thing that we, we as millennials get made fun of for the yeah. most is the whole fucking nostalgia kick that yeah. we seem to be on. Yeah. And the romanticizing of, oh, well, I didn't grow up with the internet or smartphones or blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, with younger, well, I'm a younger millennial. It means that uh, I remember dial-up, but not for very long. It yeah. wasn't an inconvenience really for my life. It was yeah. a time period where I wasn't really doing internet things anyway. I certainly didn't have easy access to the internet until I was like mid-teens mm-hmm. and I didn't have my own laptop until A-levels I didn't you know and even then like that's you a fucking privilege but <laughs> you weren't that kid who's like wow the world wide web yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, like my so my mum was so her when she went to uni my granddad bought the first one of the first Apple Macs in Canada. The Chunky Boys. The Chunky Boys. Yeah. And he was one of the... And so she was the only person in her class who could submit essays typed. Nice. And so she was the first person in her class who could do, like, was using a word processor. (laughs) And I'm like, that's... That's where you get nostalgia from. Like, like, well, the difference between, you know, our teenage lives owning the mozzarella. The flip. (laughs) Mozzarella. Mozzarella flip phone. The but mozzarella, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That everybody wanted a Motorola razor. Yeah. You know, like that being the thing. Like, stop pretending with a Nokia 310, like, generation. Because if you're my age, you were not the Nokia 310 generation. Tamara was the Nokia 310 <laughs> generation, is the look I'm getting from her. <laughs> yeah, my first ever phone was an actual brick. The yeah. only thing it did was play Snake and, like, call people. Um, and even I don't then. even and even then <laughs> I don't even think it came with texting abilities to begin with I think that came in like six months later so yeah it was a, a, a 5110 mm. the 3310 that's like three phones down the line yeah when they started to get like a little bit smaller no mine was the 5110 I remember playing Brick. with one of my so my dad as a, a businessman doing businessman oh, things, yeah, doing business things. um had a couple of absolute bricks of personal organizers and i was absolutely obsessed with them as a kid and so as soon as he stopped using for work and upgraded or whatever i would get the and it would just be me like aggressively typing 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 (laughs) business 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 cat um (laughs) i remember how excited i was at the idea because it all had like flip out and pull up. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I remember as a kid thinking that that is the absolute peak of technology. Yeah. Is having like a a keyboard that flips out. So and now they don't exist anymore. They don't. And it makes me really sad that phones <laughs> aren't mechanical anymore. I think I still have the ability to send a text message on a 5110 blindfolded. Yeah. Like I used to do that in class all the time. Or when I was in my maths tutoring lessons in the evening I'd have my phone down at my side under the table and I would be sending text messages to people um using the I don't know what it's called but the, the, the number the number one yeah with when you have to tap yeah, a certain yeah. Time to get letters or um I always went predictive which meant that my texts were always like garbled, <laughs> garbled pieces of junk uh but I remember so like I think we talked about this last time about like I 
didn't have access to the internet until like my early 20s properly and I remember getting given an old like laptop by social services to help me with uh, some stuff and it was an IBM notepad I think it was called where oh sorry sounds on the table an IBM notepad and it was like three inches thick and gray and like sometimes ThinkPad. ThinkPad, I think it was, yeah. Oh my God. It was even then in my like early twenties, mid two thousands, this thing was from like, I don't know. I I think it was the late nineties. And they're they're the ones that had the nipple, right? In the middle. Yeah. Yeah. You know why I know that? Because you worked at IBM. Yeah. And that's the laptop they'd give you. So I very briefly did an internship at IBM when I was like, what, 19 or something. And the laptop they still, everybody at IBM was working on at that point, don't know if it's still the case, was ThinkPads. I hope not. Because they don't produce them for the consumer market anymore. Yeah. So they just had a a stock of thousands and thousands of these laptops. You couldn't do anything on it except write in documents. Yeah. It was a nightmare PC. I don't even think it had Solitaire. No, had, well, I mean, it was a work laptop, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine didn't have Solitaire. <laughs> didn't even have Minesweeper, and I've never understood that game. So. I love Minesweeper. <laughs> I got really obsessed with it for a while, but I'm absolutely terrible at it. It's yeah. one of those things that doesn't matter how many times somebody tells me the logic mm-hmm. of something, I'm not going to pick up on the logic. I am no. not logical. There's not a logical bone in my body. Um, not, so. a, not a single thing inside there. <laughs> it's all just rainbows and butterflies. You almost sounded like Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> I'm taking the dog. <laughs> oh my god! If only I could do an accent on top of that voice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we just did exactly what I said. The worst thing about millennials is, which we just spent the last ten minutes being nostalgic about technology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But I I don't think we can be the only ones accused of it. I think it is just a generational thing, Mm. you know? I think it just annoys me so much because um, so frequently it's like a, oh, we were better kind of deal. Yeah. Because I feel like there's the nostalgia of like, oh, that was fucked. Or like, do you remember how much damage you could cause to another individual by just throwing your phone at them? Yes, yeah. You know, like all of that kind of thing. Um, and then there's, oh, but you don't understand X because you didn't grow up here. Yeah. And that's just bollocks. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you can't enjoy today's rap music because you don't know the last 30 years of context. It's such no. gatekeeping. <laughs> yeah. of, and then it is bollocks gatekeeping. Yeah. It was like that, I can't remember, it was Dave Grohl who was like, oh no, <sighs> who was it? Somebody... If it was a good thing, it, it was, was a good Dave thing. Grohl. Oh, yeah, I'm because... pretty sure it actually wasn't Dave Grohl this okay. time. <laughs> um, the rare moment where a good thing wasn't Dave Grohl. Um, but somebody was like, oh, I can't believe all of these kids who say they love like rock music and don't even listen to Nirvana or don't know what, yeah. you know, XX and X is. And, and I can't remember who it was, but it was just like, dudes, like, they didn't grow up when Nirvana was a thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> why are you flex? Well, you don't know X person and you don't know X person. Yeah. It's it sound- not the- that sounds like Dave Grohl. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was, but it was a similar vibe. But it was just one of those things where stop telling people that they have to have a hit, like the historical, yeah, 
love of a genre or of a game or mm-hmm. of a anything because you can like you can come to something late in life and like thoroughly appreciate it without having yeah. the historical context and like context is really important in a lot of things so like i don't really get a lot of british humor you know i am not a fan of like most british comedy things and that's because i was not brought up on Red Dwarf, Monty Python, and whatever the other ones are with the hotel and the the Badger Faulty Badger. Towers. That one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't brought up on any of that stuff. And so yeah. when I watch it now, I'm just kind of like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. What you've got to remember with culture is it's when some a culture finds something funny, it's usually because there's a whole history of like in references there. Yeah. And to be honest, that usually means it isn't actually funny. <laughs> it's, it's referential, and that's and what we're finding funny. And humour is fine. Yeah. Um, but the idea that, that's, that you can't understand British humour without yeah. having seen Only Fools and Horses or... Oh, that's another only, one, yeah. Is that... Only Fools and Horses, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't see that, so I have no idea. And like, <laughs> Father Ted, and like, all of these... Yeah. And I'm like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure they're all great. Yeah. Because I'm similar to you, I just haven't seen TV. Yeah. So. <laughs> I have seen a lot of Monty Python because, yeah, we used to quote it at each other. It was a whole thing. Yeah. But it wasn't, it's not like I'm saying that that was good humour. We used to just yell the knights who say nit at each other <laughs> and hope. And it was purely referential. Um, but the idea that you need to have the history in order to enjoy something that is now is yeah. just such bollocks. It's like people who are like, oh, well, but... Can you really enjoy D and D if you haven't played all of these other from like the first? Yeah, if you haven't from... played uh, three point five, do you really D and D though? And you're just like, <laughs> uh, like, okay, like, great. I I think you're probably going to be a better DM mm-hmm. if you've played multiple systems, just because yeah. it it sort of trains you into it. But that doesn't mean that you can't be a very good DM having only done five E. Mm-hmm. You know, and like with music, hey. If all you like is Childish Gambino and you've not gone further back than that, dude, that's fine. Fair dues, man. Childish Gambino is really good. Yeah. So, uh, it's like you can't be a proper WoW player if you haven't played since vanilla. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Fuck off. <laughs> if you've played since vanilla, okay, I need you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was having this conversation with someone around with Lord of the Rings. And yeah. I can't remember who it was. If you haven't liked Lord of the Rings since you know, the human age of yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't speak Elvish. Yeah, if you don't speak Elvish, what the fuck? But it's even, it's the or demonizing. Wait, 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 wait. Sindarin? Sindarin, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. If you don't speak Sindarin, Elvish. <laughs> <laughs> Sindarin? I can't remember how it's pronounced. Yeah. But, like, talking to somebody the other day who's not seen Lord of the Rings, um, and I was like, oh, cool, like are you interested in seeing Lord of the Rings? Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, are you, the only reason you're not interested in seeing Lord of the Rings is because loads of people have told you you're, you're like a, betraying them in some way by not having seen it. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Like, ev- not everybody can be into everything. Yeah. And granted, I think everyone, there's something for the Lord of the, for everyone in the Lord of the Rings films yeah. that they'd enjoy. Yeah. But it's the same way. I've not seen all the Godfather films. I've not, you know, I'm pretty much a cultural black hole when it comes to <laughs> films anyway. 
Like, what right do I have to judge someone for not having seen Lord of the Rings? Or yeah. being a massive fan of the films and not reading the books? Oh, That's well, absolutely fine. I, I was going to say, like, there are some Lord of the Rings fans who would hate what I say to people sometimes, which is when they express an interest in the Lord of the Rings, I often say, watch the films. Yeah, 100%. I don't think, I personally don't think you're going to enjoy the books. It, but watch the films not and that might entice you. Yeah, if you're not already a reader, don't. It's a, it's it's a, a slog. Absolutely. It's and a lot. <laughs> I, I read Lord of the Rings at the perfect time because I was like what, seven or eight when mm. I read Lord of the Rings. And that meant that I had the patience to deal with all of the long landscape descriptions mm-hmm. and the like spongy brain to be excited about absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. As an adult, I think if I had to read Lord of the Rings again now for the first time, I don't think I'd enjoy it. I wouldn't get past Tom Bombadil. Yeah, no. I mean, that would be... I would not get past that motherfucker. <laughs> I would be just so disappointed that they didn't take Fatty Bulger with, with them. I've forgotten his name. I think it's Fatty Bulger. He's like the the hobbit that's like, I'll get you set up for your journey and then I'll see you later. And then they fuck off to Tom Bombadil. But it's just yeah. like... I just think that anybody who doesn't accept that certain things have certain times in terms of your childhood yeah. or where you were as a person that mean that they mean something to you mm-hmm. and it's actually nothing to do with how necessarily how good that thing is like don't get me wrong i think lord of the rings is a brilliant work of literature it's you not know. for everyone though but it's not for everybody yeah in the same way that i wouldn't recommend austin to everyone and that's one of my other literary yeah. babes yeah um you know austin just not the right vibe for a lot of people mm-hmm. and that's absolutely fine well, i mean i never recommend my favorite austin to people because my favorite is persuasion and that's just a lot of angst um, well my favorite's mansfield park yeah and it's just like the biggest one yeah the, 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 the person <laughs> the main character is called fanny which inherently a lot of people have issues <laughs> with like <laughs> oh it's just like you know what just just read Pride and Prejudice or, or Emma or Sense and Sensibility. Or watch the films. Just watch it's the fine. films. It's fine. <laughs> you know. Uh, what? Oh, but watch the BBC the... adaptation, the sixth part. If you're going to do Pride and Prejudice, oh. do. <laughs> well, you need to you need to rewatch the 2005 film because you are, you've always been very particularly against it. Yes, I have. And you did say recently that you thought you might need to rewatch it because of TikTok. Yeah, yeah I... Basically, I watched it when it came out. I was like, well, it's not as good as the BBC one. (laughs) And he's not Colin Firth. Yeah. And I basically have since then forsworn it. But the 2005 film gets the female gaze. Yeah. It really does. Okay. Um, It's worth it. If you can get past Kira Knightley and. I like Kira Knightley. I'm a member of McFadden, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not being. Matthew McFadden, not being. You know, well, uh, no one is Colin Firth. No one is Colin Firth. Exactly. I'm not even sure Colin Firth is Colin Firth, <laughs> and I think he'd agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> you can get past that. It's great. It's yeah. really great. It's just it's a film that understands its understands its audience and understands the female gaze. Okay, I have um, to give it a go because yeah. I, I I I I always talk a good talk about mm. not being gatekeepery and mm. like not that. But you get me in the right mood. I'll oh fucking yeah, gatekeep the shit out of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like. I, <laughs> I was thinking back on like Lord of the Rings arguments I've had over the years and 90% of the time when I'm having an argument with somebody about Lord of the Rings it's um, it's like funny argument like we're yeah. not having a genuine argument we're just you know I had 
I went to a panel once dressed as Gimli where it was talking about whether orcs were the victims of a mass genocide in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And uh, the person who was meant to be running the panel didn't turn up. So it was just a group of Lord of the Rings nerds in a a room for 45 minutes and we decided to hold our own panel and it opened up with somebody else in the room accusing me of being a war criminal. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Gimli. Wow. <laughs> and we'd be like, yes, yes, no, I have I have murdered <laughs> many orcs. <laughs> I mean, as we know, there was a systematic campaign against orcs to destroy their culture. And many yeah. people think of orcs as being, you know, quote unquote savages and uncivilized, but we know they have restaurants. Yeah. Meat is Meat back, is on, back the on the menu, menu boys. <laughs> <laughs> and if there are menus, there are restaurants. Exactly. Like, I mean, there's a whole layer of... But yeah, and I love that kind of conversation because it's just fun. Yeah. But I was sat in a pub with somebody once and they, they did, like, what I would call the troll's guide to pissing off a Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. Which is, why didn't the eagles just oh. drop the ring into... Why didn't they just jump on an eagle? Why oh. not the eagle? Eagles! Eagles! <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> there's just something in me that responds with violence to that argument. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I was like, I, I started off sensible. I started yeah. off explaining all the different reasons why the eagles are not some form of duex machina for yeah. all problems in Lord of the Rings. Uber. They're not Uber. Yeah. <laughs> They're not on demand. They're actually pretty pissed off with the rest of Middle Earth for mm-hmm. a variety of reasons. Um, they give zero shits about what's happening. They are very much neutral neutral if we're talking like D&D yeah. um, alignment things. There were so many fucking protections on Mordor. You know, there, there's a reason they didn't just turn up with an army either. Like, yeah. it was... <laughs> there were a lot of reasons for a lot of things. In any case. And this guy just absolute bad faithing it the whole way through. Yeah. And and I finally, I was like, look, dude. <laughs> I've been published twice on Tolkien. I've done a university module on it. I can fucking promise you, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm a dickhead. <laughs> but, That's what I've just done. No, nah, but I, I, I stand with it. I stand with it. Uh, actually, I'm published on this, so shush. No, but that's... <laughs> no. Because I, I acted like that was some form of like great, wondrous thing. No, I sent an essay I wrote, in it, I wrote at uni to the Malorn, and it got published, which was awesome. Yeah. Very happy with that. But the idea that that gives me any fucking (laughs) weight in an argument about Lord of the Rings is just sheer bollocks. But in that moment, I was just like, I'm dropping a mic, but in a really awkward and kind of heinous way (laughs) that I'm immediately embarrassed about. (laughs) So, yeah, I can talk a good talk about not gatekeeping, but I've just certainly done it myself. Yeah. So I was thinking about, like, you know, nostalgia and everything. And it's not just millennials. Um, Gen Z are currently going through a 90s renaissance where they are obsessed with everything 90s. They're bringing back butterfly clips. They're trying to bring back the eye pokey out hair thing. Uh, They brought back the chokers. We did the same thing with With the 80s. With the 80s. Like, oh my gosh. Like, literally, I remember being in uh, Topshop once and I saw a pink and white polka dot rara skirt 
and I literally pulled up my phone and there was a picture of me age three in the exact same fucking skirt. <laughs> like, it's secular. Yeah. We do this. 100%. We do this a lot. It's the same as like um, Gen X and boomers on Facebook being like, oh, in my day, we used to go out to the park and be home when it got dark and remember like 50 numbers in our head because we didn't have phones and I'm like good for you now can you please learn how to send an email yeah <laughs> Jesus <laughs> also I'm sorry that's not exclusive to fucking boomers yeah <laughs> that was exactly the same as my childhood that's why I have no 90s references to give you <laughs> I still worked out how to use a bloody phone so <laughs> Yeah. I could still recite way too many of my friends' home numbers. Like, that's it. If I didn't know your number by the age of 12, I don't know your number now, but if I knew your number age 12, that's it. It's in my head forever. <laughs> I know no numbers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't keep things up here. Mm. This is a, a thing-free zone. Yeah. Actually, that's a, that's a terrible, terrible lie. I'm a massive overthinker. Fuck. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm the one who's got a thing for your own up here. <laughs> no freezing. <laughs> should we do the box? We should do the box. Oh, I was the just box. just thinking we should do the box. Pick a <gasps> box. Like no, it. not pick a box. I mean, I could. I, I pick this box. There are lots and lots there of boxes, are quite to be fair. <laughs> is James Patterson real? This no. Is a, this is a real question. <laughs> Straight quick answer. No. No. No, he's not. Longer answer. Yes. Maybe once. <laughs> Maybe once, but now James Patterson is like 50 ghostwriters. Yeah, 100%. I, I think, honestly, at this point, I'm not even convinced he was real once. I'm yeah. convinced he was something that is completely made up by the publishing industry. Yeah. They worked out what the formula was. Yeah. They, like, built that formula, and then now it's just, like, and he's... five weasels in a James Patterson costume. Because <laughs> like... <laughs> he's everywhere. Um, like I remember you sent me the the TikTok of uh, the librarian who's like the library is just James Patterson. He's in the adult section. He's in the crime section. He's in the sci-fi section. He's in the children's section. <laughs> James Patterson is everywhere, and this man does not exist. He is and he not does real. not rest. Like no. it's every couple of months. It feels like yeah, every few days. Him and Nora Roberts. Yes, because she also writes under J D. Robb. Yeah. And her JD Rob series has 54 books in it. Mm. Nobody's starting that series. Yeah. That series is just a bunch of like skeletons who are slowly crawling their way towards a never ending finish line. Yeah. Just consuming each book as it comes. But because yeah. she's so big, they keep coming. Yeah. That's the same with James Patterson. And it's, it's why it. And it does, it pisses me off when people talk about certain authors and how they're like great literary works and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nah. Churning out a book a fucking year is a fucking skill. Like, uh -huh. Jesus. It's a skill that most fantasy writers haven't mastered. No. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Sanderson. You. Brandon Sanderson is the only king. <laughs> the he only the king only of king. regular publishing. Uh, Look at you, Pat Ruffers. Patrick Ruffers, why? <laughs> <laughs> Cries in both. <laughs> Uh, George R. R. Martin. <laughs> I have now it's I've now reached the point where I went back and reread the first Game of Thrones book and I've now evolved so much as a reader that I'm no longer interested in reading Winds of Winter if it ever comes out. That's how long he's taken <laughs> to release a book that I have gone through so much change that I don't like the series anymore. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> maybe the real question isn't, is James Patson real? And he's more... <laughs> What's his name? You just said it. The... George R.R. Martin. No, the... the... The Brandon, guy that Brandon, Brandon Sanderson. Sanderson. I was like Michael Morpurgo. I was like, that's not it. <laughs> I mean, children's writer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also prolific. Also prolific. Maybe the real answer is though that okay, Brandon Sanderson Brandon needs to write Sanderson everything. Needs to write everything because <laughs> he does. He just swoops in and finishes stories yeah. that need to be finished. Maybe the only real writer is Brandon Sanderson. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> I love and it and it and it upsets me because. Okay, look, guys, take it with a pinch of salt. Don't get your knickers in a twist, okay? I don't really read male authors. Oh, my knickers are twisted, how dare you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really read male authors, you know, and it's like a whole shared experience thing and blah, 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 and I just connect more with female authors. There is also, like, a, I find it's so delightful every time somebody points out an example of male authors writing women just They terribly. just, they can't. <laughs> but... but they can it's just <laughs> some of them have seen like mists a seminar somewhere yeah. it's like a weird uncanny valley thing where it's like it's a woman but there's something there's something off mm. and it's always like that except for brandon sanderson because he is a master of his craft he is literally <laughs> i don't read male authors okay <laughs> and yet brandon sanderson is my all-time favorite author i will literally read a grocery list that he wrote like that is that is how much i love his writing so yeah i it upsets me that this is true but he is the best and i i cannot recommend him enough i don't know where i'm going with this now yeah i think this the where we're going with it is oh another another one james patterson is not real Brandon yeah. Sanderson is the only real author. <laughs> yeah. and we're, we're, not, we're not talking about like, uh, are you a real artist? No, we're talking about like actual... Actual physical... Like he's the only one who's actually like has a body. Has a body, <laughs> does writing, is yeah. actually here. Yeah. Exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe he's James the Patterson second James Patterson is a concept. <laughs> James Patterson is a concept. I like that. <laughs> right, next one for the box. Oh, if you could make one socially unacceptable thing acceptable, what would it be? One socially unacceptable thing acceptable. Oh, easy. Yeah? Shirtless in public. If that was just like both women and men. And oh, it wasn't, nips out. Nips out. Just okay, straight yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Because I am a warm person. Mm-hmm. I would like to be able to do the, the true traditional British thing mm-hmm. of just like the sun is out. I am mostly naked now. Yeah. And for it not to be commented on in the same way that it's not commented on when they Yeah, do. yeah, yeah. Nips out for all. Nips okay, I like it. And it, for it not to be, for uh, not only for it to be socially acceptable, but for it also not to be in any way sexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally just men walking down the street topless. No one yeah. gives a shit. Yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. that vibe. Okay. So I want that. full on hashtag free the nipple. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to go a different route of like... <laughs> It's just because I'm really warm right now. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I feel like mine would be talking about money and financial struggle and also just like doing well financially. Like Mm. I wish we were more open to talk about that kind of stuff because I think there's a massive taboo around talking about money and talking about your salary, which, you know... PSA guys, you're allowed to talk about your salary with your yeah. colleagues, and if any company tells you that you're not, they're fucking lying. Yeah, um, it's not. There, there's no legal. Yeah, and you should talk about your salary so that you can find out what you're all being fucking paid. Yeah, 
but yeah, I, I wish we would talk about money more because I feel like a lot of financial problems come from people trying to hide their financial difficulties. Yeah. And people trying to cover up for the fact that they're not doing financially well with yeah. like fast fashion and, you know, the amount of uh, stuff that you can buy that's like really cheap. And we kind of don't really see yeah. uh, just how much people are struggling with money. And it, it's... Because so it's something that I've always been incredibly open about. Yeah. Me and you talk about money a lot. Constantly. Not constantly. Yeah. That Not makes constantly. it sound like that's No, but like we have about, very but... open conversations. Yeah. yeah. And if anybody ever asks me what I'm paid, quite happy to tell them. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to announce it on a podcast because no. that feels like a bit of a weird choice. But... You know, I've, I've never been uncomfortable with talking with colleagues mm-hmm. with, and there's always that level of discomfort when you are talking to a colleague about, and I don't, you know, it's not that I don't feel it, but I'm just yeah. actively trying to ignore it because I think yeah. it's stupid. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even talking to my parents, like my dad is uncomfortable talking about money with me, mm-hmm. um, unless it's, it's my money. Yeah, because it's seen as such a personal thing. And if you're not doing well, it's a stigma against you mm. rather than the system and yeah it's, yeah it's things like okay so talking to a friend and they say oh i'm paid x amount for this job you know oh well i've i've worked in that job previously you're under market rate for that yeah just so you know yeah like you're being paid under market rate if you went to a different company you would earn more mm-hmm. but you know a lot of things go into what you take home as a salary like yeah. do you love the company you're with like yeah. are there and that's something that we talk about a lot in terms of like so i almost exclusively have worked public and charity sector and a consequence of that is that i always have a smaller paycheck but that's that's a choice that I've made because I like working in the public and charity sector. Mm. And Whereas it... I've almost exclusively worked for private sector. Yeah. And also, and this is a conversation I've been having with quite a few people lately, I am very willing to jump company yeah. if I'm not being treated well. Yeah. Um, and so I've, and some people would look at my CV and be like, oh, she flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I've been made, made redundant several times and all that. I've had a very weird job history. <laughs> Um, but for me, I'm like, okay, so there's a level of commitment that's expected to the company that you're working for. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, that commitment does not extend to me being paid below market rate. That commitment does not extend to my work-life balance. Mm-hmm. You know, and there is just some, hey, I've been made redundant so many times by companies who wanted me to be 100% committed to them whilst not being 100% committed to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. There, there's got to be a balance. Like, I'm not going to make myself ill for a company i'm not going to mm-hmm. you no, know there's really... going above and beyond and then there's just doing which, your fucking job which is such an expectation of public and third sector jobs that I you think... go above and beyond with very very little resources and very little yeah. pay um like we were having a conversation recently where you were talking about something that you were doing for the library yeah and i was like why are you doing that and you're like oh well like need coverage that kind of thing and i was <laughs> like well that's their fault it's not yours like yeah <laughs> it's like I don't know why you're doing that. Like, yeah. from, from my point of view, I'm like, no, nah, it's going to make you ill. <laughs> Sign off. <laughs> Shall we pick another one? Because yeah. we, uh, we both went very different directions. Free the nip, but then let's also have serious conversations about money. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a great one. <laughs> but also free the nipple. Ugh! Okay. You have one million pounds and an hour to spend it. What are you doing? Okay. So if we're thinking about this logically, right? It can't be anything that's going to require any form of co-signing or anything like that because you've got to spend it quickly. So yeah. you've only got an hour. Um, easiest thing, buy stocks. 
Yeah. Most like stable stocks you can think of. So you're probably looking at Amazon or mm-hmm. Apple or yeah, just like insert large big, company yeah. here where, yeah, you might lose some money over the next couple of hours, but that gives you enough time that you could then liquidate that yeah. three, three days later when you've sorted out which house you want to buy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's much better than mine because mine was just like, go fucking crazy and buy a bunch of like prepaid prepaid cards yeah. and gift cards and everything. I was like, just put it all on the fucking cards. But then that way, you can't really do much with it after yeah. that. You have to use it at like, well, prepaid cards. you can Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can, you know, but there's only like a certain limit of what you can put on those. No, 100%. Oh my God, put, stocks. Yeah. Like 99.999% of it on stocks. Yeah. And then just go out for a really nice meal. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, do one of those like uh, supermarket rush yeah. style. Oh my God, I would do Spending su- sprees. Oh, I'd do one of those at Selfridges. I'd yeah. be like, Jack, meet me right now. So our friend works at Selfridges. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> meet me right there. now. I want you to point out everything that has good resale value. Yeah. Like, oh, he'd just take Gucci. you to the wine section. Oh my god, he totally would. Oh my god, yeah, I yeah. would just buy all, <gasps> all of the super expensive whiskeys and whatnot. Yeah. Yes, done. There we go. You don't have to buy storage <laughs> for them and like. Lots oh of no, I would things. just immediately sell them back. Like, oh, a couple, right, right, right. Like, a couple hours later. Well, they're not going to have gone up in value then. Well, no, I would just return them to some. Oh, right, right. Okay, so <laughs> like, just give me back my stops. money. <laughs> Look, going back to the conversation about talking about money, as you can see, I am the financially, like, illiterate one. (laughs) That's not even to say that I'm particularly financially literate, but, like, there's levels, right? (laughs) My go-to response to ever feeling, like, sad or uh, stressed is to go to Waterstones and buy books. Um literally looking at two books right now that I went to Waterstones to buy because I was feeling a little bit sad. (laughs) Hey, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody has their thing, right? And retail therapy is very much a thing. Like, it does make you feel better to to buy stuff. Me, I tend to buy food. That's my, like, oh, I'm feeling terrible and sad. It's great. That's an excuse. I'm going to buy all the takeaway. Like, that's the, (laughs) that's the thing for me. Or... Like, and James probably buys games or computer parts. Yeah. But, you know, everybody has their thing. It's just about knowing what your thing is and, like, keeping it Mm -hmm. to a reasonable vibe. But it's not like you go out and spend, like, stupid money on books. You're very sensible. I don't. And I only allow myself to buy limited and signed edition books. Yeah. Because then at least... It has resale value. It has resale value. Yeah. Yeah. If I want to read a shitty book, I'll buy it for 99 pence on Kindle. And if I want to read something shitty, no, wait, fan fiction is amazing. I can't believe I was going to say that. (laughs) Fan fiction writers are the kind of people who can just fucking put shit out there. Yeah. They're like the Brandon Sanderson level of writers. Yeah. Uh, It's it's one of those things where... I think some of it definitely comes from using using other people's characters. Yes. Yeah. And in a lot of places, also using people's worlds. Mm-hmm. Because um, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, some of the it's easier to the world building's been yeah. done for you. Yeah. Um, like we, we've talked about this before. The thing mm-hmm. I struggle with most when it comes to writing is characters. Yeah. Because um, they all end up sounding like people I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do say write what you know. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was actually thinking um, I might use this podcast as a, um, a accountability thing for me Ooh. with writing. Oh, okay. So what I'm thinking about doing yeah. is 
at the end of every podcast saying where I am in okay. terms of words. And then That's people can good. bully me if yeah, I, yeah, yeah. because it's like I wrote like 800 words or something this week. But that's it. So okay. I, I might like every week just be like, hey, this is how many words I wrote this week. Mm-hmm. Even if nobody else cares, just for my mental yeah. accountability. So people, can you uh, start harassing? Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely the way to go. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Right. Next box thing. Favorite smutty read. Oh, OK. OK. I love Nalini Singh's uh, Psy Changeling series because on the one hand, smut. Mm. And it's not like spicy, spicy smut. It's normal levels of smut. Um, but on the other hand, really interesting world that she's created that's kind of um, urban fantasy, urban sci-fi kind of thing. Um, so the psy part of it are these human people who have like a hive-like mind and psychic abilities. And then the changeling part of it is like were creatures that live in packs and you know yeah and they're all enemies so there's a lot of enemies to lovers stuff going on there um there's lots of murder and mystery and intrigue and i love it murder murder <laughs> uh, my other one would be Sherilyn kenyon for her kind of mythology inspired world mm. where it's like nice levels of smut but then also Greek mythology, Roman mythology, mm. all of the other mythology, uh, gods and demons and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, great, love it. There is so my I'm in a paranormal romance vibe at the moment, but my two vibes when it comes to smutty reads, it's paranormal romance or regency. Those yes. are my, there's no in between. <laughs> Don't like paranormal regency. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I not, can't not stand paranormal historical. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm straight not up regency. Yeah. Or straight up paranormal. There is yeah. no... Like, no, every no, no, time no. I've read... And it's what drives me insane with flashbacks, especially when you're talking about their vampires or whatever, and they're like, yeah. I want a flashback to 800 years ago. I'm like, I not care. interested. Not interested in you at all. Like, half the reason I like, like, vampire fic is because it's that, like, oh, you look, like, super sexy and blah, blah, blah. But you're also, like, a granddad. Like, <laughs> you, like, think everything like new is terrible. And, like... <laughs> is you're just a grumpy old man in a lot of ways but sexy <laughs> totally sexy um and it's not fun if they're an, like an actual grumpy old man where yeah like super racist and like no no, no we no, don't no. want that. it's just got to be like a general disdain for technology and that's yeah. it like, yeah <laughs> you know and like uh oh i have manners with the young people these days yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why are you waking wearing male clothing why are you wearing trousers yeah, and then just them being like <laughs> I'm wearing jeans. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and then being like astounded by apps like Uber and Just yeah, Eat. Yeah. And yeah, That's I, the love vibe I, want. I love That's it. The vibe I love it. Yes. Um, whereas with Regency, what I desperately want is aggressively liberal Regency. So, like, yes. not real Regency at all, yeah. but like Regency where they're like, the man is secretly super pro, like the suffragette movement. Or like. <laughs> Well, there's just like they like dotting around of liberal ideas into what would have been Mm -hmm. an incredibly conservative and uncomfortable time period to live in. But my favorite Regency smart series, because you've kind of mentioned a lot of the paranormal ones that we love, but my favorite Regency one would be the um, I've forgotten. Is it the Liars Club? Liars Club. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've forgotten who writes it. Is it Uh, Christina Dodd? uh, No, I can't remember. Lisa Kleppers. Celeste Bradley. That's it. Fucking Celeste love Bradley. Celeste Bradley. That's the shit. Like there's they they're just it's I love the romance novels where it's like as soon as you 
there's a young single man mentioned in one of the books. You're like, oh, he's the next book. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> and there's that sort of like constant interplay between them. Um, and I also just deeply, deeply love the whole like interplay between titled gentry yes. and non-titled gen- gentry and like all of the like weird social rules mm-hmm. and one of the things that fills me with the most joy and something that Celeste Bradley does really really well is when women who are not born of or are struggling with like integration into higher class blah, 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 yeah. learn the rules and then use the rules to fuck people over yes. <laughs> just like oh sorry did you think that i couldn't fight you here i can fight you here i'll do this better than you do (laughs) my favorite celeste bradley thing is the uh what was it the the duke or the earl with a massive dick oh yeah yeah yeah. it's so weird it's great it's the lion the lion the lion yeah i can't remember he has a massive dick and so he's he's like woe is me me. i've never i've never had penetrative sex because prostitutes look at my dick and go no it's too big uh so he marries he does like a marriage of convenience but his wife is like Mm-mm, this is not going to be a marriage of convenience like, yeah. this is not because uh, i yeah. i want to bang i have been a virgin for 25 years i want to bang and so she goes and visits a madam of a brothel who gives her a set of dildos <laughs> becomes like a whole thing she throws it at someone at one point like it it's like like, i will take every single one of these until i can take you it's gonna happen and it just it's one of the most ridiculous even for a regency novel one of the most ridiculous concept ever but i absolutely adore that shit because it's always like the man being like her manly i do manly things and the woman being like stop being such a baby (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i just loved it as like um an open conversation about sex yeah and like and the fact that those existed because yeah let's be real like they have always existed existed. that's a whole thing but also the idea that you know, like we always talk about Victorians as being like super bummed up. Nah. And, no, nah. prostitution was rife in the Victorian uh-huh. period, and the they idea were all that... about Victorians were all about the nipple piercing. Yeah, massively so. They love the nipple piercing. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like that sort of built up in your head of oh, this is what this entire group of people no. are like. Nah, hundred no. percent different. Yeah, yeah, and I just love the conversations between like the wife and the madam. And it's like so open, and she's just like, okay, so you're gonna want to start. But the wife is 100% unaware of the fact that the madam is a madam. Yes. (laughs) Like, she's so innocent that she's just like, oh, this is a lady who might be able to help me. Yes. And the madam's like, why are you here? (laughs) I'm concerned. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And then this goes back to my whole thing about like, I don't read anything that doesn't have romance in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do, I, I have read things. Oh my god, nice. I know, I know. Actually, yeah, because Brandon Sanderson always has some thread of romance in mm. his books. And it's always it's not to the level of like romance books, but it's always enough because it's it's life, it's yeah. real. People actually interact with each other and fall in love and all of this kind of stuff. Um, even in the height of war. Mm. I just thought of another male author that I like, John Scalzi. I've only read one of his series, uh Interdependency series, which is like a big uh, space opera type one fantastic absolutely fantastic but don't really like male authors brandon sanderson is my only speaking king. of a male author that i absolutely stan yes um and that i desperately need you to read oh no 
And I, I know, I know, I'm sorry, Pam, in <laughs> advance. But this is like my childhood favourite. Terry Pratchett. No, I okay, loved Terry cool. Pratchett as a kid, but really I got into Terry Pratchett at uni. Yeah. Um, like properly. Um, but it, no, it's... Is it C.L. Lewis? No. Uh, wait. Although I was also obsessed with him. C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. I Do remember you, you crying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is like an ongoing... So we talk about the fact that I regularly have like rants... Wow. Had to think about that. <laughs> David Eddings is who I was thinking about. Oh, yeah. 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 But I regularly have rants about things. And one of the things, and it drives me insane about the Narnia universe, mm-hmm. and it makes me so fucking angry, is the treatment of Susan. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, I think I've got to a point now where I can talk about this levelly, but it usually reduces me to tears because yeah. of just how angry it makes me that C.S. Lewis... You know, he was an author of his time in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But what he did to Susan was reprehensible. Yeah. So effectively, for context, what happens <laughs> in the last book is... Uh, which is already a terrible book, by the yeah. way. Like, it's... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so bad. Don't read the last Narnia book. It's not worth your time. It's just going to devastate you. <laughs> um, <laughs> is effectively all the people who have been part of the Narnia story through the ages are brought to Narnia as a sort of insert heaven. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of the original four are there. You've got Lucy, you know, everybody, Edward, Edmund, everybody who's touched the Narnia universe mm-hmm. is taken into Narnia. Yeah. And their parents are too. And all of this other thing. So it becomes like a perfect place for them to live. And the answer that's given is, so when Peter, Edmund and Lucy turn up in Narnia, Mm -hmm. in The Last Kingdom, I think it's called The Last Kingdom, I don't know, I've erased a lot of it, I find it too traumatic, Um, and their parents turn up, the explanation given is that their parents died in the real world in a car crash Mm -hmm. with certain other people in the car and blah, 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 and then they were brought to heaven in the Narnia universe. And Susan isn't there. And the reason they give for Susan not being there is she was too into makeup and boys and she forgot about Narnia. And I'm like, okay, so like, let's think about Susan okay. for a second. Let's think about the fact that Susan has just lost her whole family in a car crash. Mm-hmm. And now they're hanging out in a heaven where she's never going to get to be. And I'm like, in what fucking world, C.S. Lewis? And I, I get that this is a very clear Christian allegory, but fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so. sorry, makeup and boys, that's enough to keep you out of heaven. You can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you can fuck off so hard. You make me so angry as a person. <laughs> Jesus, only explanation. Makeup and boys. Oh my God. It's just that's so awful. misogynistic. And it, ugh, it fills me with so much rage. And for me, that ruins all of the books. All of them. That's such a shame. Because the whole fucking point is Aslan's meant to be like a straight up Jesus insert. So if Aslan's Jesus, then Aslan's a dick and Jesus is a dick. Like that's <laughs> that's what your fucking story tells me. And it makes me so angry that you're meant to be writing... For children. For children. Well. And you're telling children that if they're interested in makeup and boys, that they're not allowed into heaven. So what they're saying is all boys are straight and all girls are lesbians. Yeah. I read that as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, it just, it's the the thing that sends me over the edge, right? Okay, so Peter, Edmund, Lucy, all still remembered Narnia. Mm-hmm. And so they get to go back to Narnia. Yeah. That makes sense to me, in my mind. I'm like, oh, you died. You went to a place you remembered 
great. Mm. Fucking sucks your sister can't go there with you. Still shitty, but not yeah. vastly shitty. It's the fucking parents that gets me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know yep. that the parents are important to those children. Mm-hmm. And you know you're writing for children. Yep. And children, the idea of going somewhere without their parents mm-hmm. is traumatic. But you still, despite that, despite knowing, oh, you know what, actually children will find it traumatic if their parents can't come with them to this insert heaven. So even though they've never been to Narnia and have and no they connection, don't know about and they, it. they yeah. don't, certainly don't remember it, they're, and they've clearly had fucking sex because they produced four children. <laughs> sure the mother was at some point interested in boys. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was the makeup that did it. Yeah, yeah, makeup, <laughs> damn it. Um, they get to go to fucking Narnia, but not Susan. Yeah, that really sucks. Susan, That's so shitty. It just makes me actively angry. And the last time I talked about this, I burst into tears. It yeah. just makes me so angry. <laughs> I'm like, you're a fucking children's author and a Christian. You should know better. Yeah. I know he's old and whatever. Well, he's dead now. That was the other thing. <laughs> I told you about this, haven't I? What? When I found out that C.S. Lewis was dead. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> so, I read C.S. Lewis very young um, and I absolutely loved him. And... I finished The Last Kingdom and at this point obviously did not register with me that Susan wasn't there. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, that was good. Went up to my dad when he came back from work and was like, hi, dad. I finished the the seventh Narnia. When's the next one coming out? <laughs> and my dad was like, what do you mean? He was like, and I was like, when when's the next Narnia book coming out? There aren't, there aren't going to be any more <laughs> Narnia books. And I was like, oh, wh- why not? And my dad was like, because he's dead. <laughs> He was just so taken aback with the question and I just burst into tears and like mourned him as if he died that day. Like, (laughs) it was my first celebrity death moment. (laughs) I hadn't realised that authors could be dead. (laughs) My dad was just so taken aback. He's like, he's dead. And my mum looking at him like he just punched a kitten as I like run, like crying out of the room. That's adorable. And on that note, yeah. fuck C.S. Lewis. Fuck C.S. Lewis. Yeah. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Don't worry, Susan. You can come to our heaven. Yeah. Jesus. We <laughs> only allow people who are interested in makeup. It's got alcohol, boys, girls, non-binary people. All the peeps. It's all got, the peeps. It's, it's for all the girls, gays and theys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And on that note. Thank you very much for listening. Please send us any suggestions for the box Please to uh, either on our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or send them to squeak at com. Also, please like, rate, subscribe. I don't know what it's called on iTunes, but do those things. I've do heard it helps. Yeah, do them. <laughs> Come find us on Instagram. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Joy. Right. Speak to you later. Bye. Bye bye.